0: Just last week I had the opportunity to, to visit someone and I brought my guitar and we sang some songs and it was just a, a wonderful time in the presence of God and I, I did that song that we uh, did for the women's advance uh, there was Jesus for this person and after I did the song I started to share about how before I knew Christ you know, there was always a time for you and I that there wasn't a Jesus in our heart yeah. but that doesn't mean that he wasn't there for us That's right. yeah. That's right. and I began sharing about some of the things that he protected me from and helped me from and, and this doesn't happen very often with me that I got emotional and, and, and tears started to form in my eyes because I was thinking about how God loved me when I was still unlovable. And how much more will he love us now? So it's important for us to remember where we've come from, what, what he's delivered us from, and what he's doing now more directly than he could do back then before we did know him. Aren't you just so grateful for him? I mean, wow. Well, let's get into the word this morning. I thought that we would uh, wrap this up this morning, but, you know, in my heart, I I don't think we will. So that's going to be okay, right? Uh, That's going to be okay, right? We've been in the midst of a, a series called The Works of Jesus, and after putting this, this subject matter together, I, I realized how much we don't understand. Not, not just what his works were, but how he did his works. And I find it very vitally important for you and I to know how Jesus did what he did. Well, why would you say that? Well, look at this verse in John chapter 14. John fourteen, twelve, and he says that I, I say unto you that he that believeth on me and this so this is talking about every believer this isn't just talking about those that are in a public ministry or have what we call a, a call to the ministry which I think is really not true we all have a place to serve Jesus but he's talking to anyone who has Christ in their heart. Now look what he says about us the believer. He says, the works that I do, so that would be the works of Jesus. He says that the believer will what? Do also. Well, who's this speaking? This is Jesus. Uh, uh, that means It's impossible for him to lie (laughs) right because he's God God can't lie so he's making a statement of truth here he's saying the works that that I do and now we can say that he did he said that he'll empower us to do the same works so in order for me to fulfill this you know things that the Lord gives us doesn't just happen Automatically just because it's his will We have to cooperate with him So in order for me to cooperate with him Number one, I've got to determine what his The works that he did And that's what we talked about last week So if you're curious about that Just go to the website Birthandfamilychurch.org Go to the videos and you'll see that It'll be the works of Jesus Number two And you can find out what his works were So number one if we're going to fulfill this, we've got to know what his works are. But number two, we have to determine how he did his works. All right? And so that's what we're going to look at this morning. You ready to go? Father, help us. <laughs> oh, boy, help us. Lord, I'm, I'm learning that this area has been a stumbling block for many of us. Because we, we think about how in the world can I, being a mere human being, Do the works that Jesus did, and he's God. And so, Lord, help us to not only know what the works are, but show us how we can fulfill what Jesus said we would do. Show us how to do the works as Jesus did them. We thank you for it now. In his name, everybody said, amen. Amen. Now... Let's, let's just jump right into it. Now, the, the biggest stumbling block that I'm aware of is why you and I don't embrace what this verse is saying right off. Now, we believe that it's a scripture. We, we, we believe it's part of the Word of God, but there's something in us that, that, that we stumble over, that we disqualify ourselves before we even pursue it any further. And this stumbling block that many people fall over and say well I can't do what Jesus did is because we've been taught ever since we were this tall nigh high to a grasshopper (laughs) we've been taught that the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ the Son of God was done and accomplished because he is God and he did his works he did his ministry solely upon That pretense that he did those things because he is God now if if I would say you've heard that every hand would go up have you heard that yes I've heard that all my life and that's why we know this scripture is in the Bible but we don't even consider approaching it because we can't do what Jesus did he's God right well, first and foremost, yes, Jesus Christ is the eternal Son of God. He has no beginning, he has no end, he's not a created being, he is God, and part of the Godhead. There is the Father, there is the Son, who is Jesus Christ, and there is the Holy Spirit, who is also a divine person. And because they're God, they've always existed. And And will always exist so yes jesus is the eternal son of god and jesus was god in the flesh during his earthly ministry but the bible is clear is that he laid down his privileges as god when he came to earth as a man He never ceased to be God. But what he did is he laid down his privileges as God. Now, the Lord gave me an example when I was preparing this service. I hope it's a good one, uh, because I don't know how you'll react to it. But I was born a United States citizen. And bestowed upon me were certain uh, rights, privileges, and freedoms which I enjoy and and that I I do. And I do them because I am a United States citizen. Uh But if I would move to another country and I would become a citizen then of that country, I would be duly bound to the privileges and the freedoms afforded to me as a citizen of that nation. I couldn't go in that nation and say hey I got the right to do this because I'm a US citizen they'll say well you're not in America anymore you're now a citizen of this country and this is what you can do and this is all you can do so in essence that's what Jesus did and I I, and and even as a citizen of a new nation I didn't denounce my other citizens I'm still a citizen of America but I just can't enjoy those privileges because I'm now a citizen in this other country, and that's what Jesus did. He became a citizen of the world, of the human race. And so he couldn't just say, okay, just because I'm on the earth, now I can do what I had the privilege to do in heaven. Well, you're not, you can't use your citizenship down here. And so, Jesus, knowing that, he laid down his rights and privileges as God. Let's, let's look at this, because you're looking at me like, what? And I get it, because this, you know, I just get it. <laughs> Philippians chapter 2, look at uh, verse 5. It says, let this mind or understanding be in you that's also in Christ Jesus. Jesus. Because although he was being in the form of God, because he was God, he thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself, everybody say made himself, of no reputation. See, he, this is a choice that he knew he had to make. And so he took on, he laid down his privileges and As God, and then took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Now, I don't really like how the King James words it, but I want you to listen to it from the Amplified. The Amplified is awesome because it describes how Jesus maintained who he was as God, but then for a season laid down. His privileges as being God to take on the form of a man. Now, now listen to this. This is beginning in verse 6, Philippians 2. I'm just reading the, the sixth and seventh verses from the Amplified. Jesus, although he existed in the form and unchanging essence of God, that would be one with God, possessing the fullness of all divine attributes the entire nature of deity, he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped or asserted, as if he did not already possess it or was afraid of losing it, but he emptied himself without renouncing or diminishing his deity, but only temporarily giving up the outward expression of divine equality and his rightful dignity. So he assumed the form of a bondservant. He became made in the likeness of men. He became completely human, but without sin, being fully God, And fully man. Isn't that something? I'd like to read it again, but we we, got to get rolling, right? So, let me wrap my brain around this. We're saying that Jesus is God, He has all the attributes and abilities of God, because He is God. God placed Him in flesh, He came in the form of man. And now you're saying that he's limited as man? Yeah. 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 Then how did he do his works? If he couldn't do his works being God, then how did he raise the dead? How did he cleanse the leper? How did he multiply the fish and loaves see once we learn how he did it as a man then we can see we can do it as a human you see see ding 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 you see what we're doing here okay here we go you ready to see how Jesus did it we're actually going behind the curtain like in the wizard of oz, you know? We'll see how all these things were how all these things happened. Go over to Acts 10:38. Great job up there, Vince. This is probably one of the most potent verses in the New Testament. And Peter, this is part of a sermon that Peter gave. It says that God did what? He anointed Jesus. Now, I think we're going to have to talk about this word anointed at another time. But it simply means that you're being empowered by God. That he's willing to allow his power to flow from you to do the works of God. So, God empowered, he anointed Jesus of Nazareth with what? What? What is the anointing? Well, there's somebody, there's, there's like an insect running all over, there's a, there's a bug on my screen. Did you guys see it? I wanted to get a fly swatter and smack it. <laughs> there he is again! Okay, he anointed him with power, now that's Deuteronomy, that's miracle-working power right. Right. Yes. right the power to raise the dead the power to heal the leper yes. the power to multiply loaves of fishes the power to walk on water yes. with power who went about doing good and healing all that were I missed Holy Ghost and power <laughs> don't forget him yes. okay. <laughs> You guys are doing a better job than I am. I'm telling you. And because he was empowered with miracle working power, and because the Holy Spirit was upon him, doing the works through him, he did those things that were good. And healed all that were oppressed of the devil. Why did he do his works? Because God, everybody say God, God the Father was with him. How many of you have God the Father with you? Amen. Amen. And so God was the one who anointed Jesus with miracle working power. That's how Jesus was able to do that which was good, in the way of works. So, everybody put their rocks down. You Put down your rocks right now. Don't, I don't want to be throwing rocks at me. Listen to this. Jesus didn't directly do the works he did. But God did the works through him. You see the difference? Jesus wasn't commissioning the works he was doing. They weren't emanating from him and him being God. He was using the empowerment that God placed at his disposal and that power flowed through him to do the works. Let me use a a perfect example. You remember the woman with the issue of blood. Mark chapter 5 beginning in verse 25. And so she had an incurable disease. And so when she heard of Jesus... And what he was doing and how people were tapping into the power that was on Jesus. you got to understand that in earthly ministry of Jesus, I'm not sure very many people even saw Jesus as God. But they saw that he was anointed by God. Amen. Amen. Yes. The centurion, yes. he says, I know that you're, you're being commissioned by God to do these works. Right. Right. Yes. Nicodemus said to him, Nobody can do this unless God is is working through them. They didn't see Jesus as God until the resurrection. They just saw him a man anointed with the Holy Spirit. The same way all the miracles were done in the Old Testament. She placed a demand on this anointing and power that was on him. He didn't even know that she touched him by faith all he sensed was anointing go out of him remember she touched Jesus she touched Jesus it says immediately she was made whole it says that Jesus sensed power going out of him he didn't commission the power going out of him he just knew it left him and then he told her, your faith made you whole. Well, if Jesus did his works by him being God and going around using this power of who he is, that woman couldn't have been healed by just touching him. Because he didn't will to heal her. She just plugged in to the power by touching him by faith. And that power flowed out of him. All right? So, Jesus told everybody this in his ministry. Now, when Jesus used to say, I- I'm not doing the works, it's God who's doing the works, I always thought he's just being humble. <laughs> <Yeah. Sorry. laughs> really, he was being truthful. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. He-, he wasn't doing the works. L- listen to this. John 14, 10. Don't you believe, John 14, 10. Don't you believe that I am in the Father? I'm a part of the Father, and the Father is in me. Well, that sounds like you. Come on. Amen. That sounds exactly like you. Because yes. you're in the Father, and the Father's in you. Yes. Amen. Amen. Just thought I'd point that out. The words that I speak, I did not speak on my own. So the words weren't emanating from Jesus. Then who were they emanating from? The Father who lives in me does what? His works. Whose works? His works. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Jesus ministered and did his works as a man anointed with the Holy Spirit now let's let's go further another way to prove this or at least connect the dots substantiating this is that Jesus didn't do one miracle until after He was baptized by John and therefore anointed with the Holy Spirit. Come on, that's good. Come on. Now you got these religious people out there writing books saying that, you know, when Jesus was a kid, a bird fell out of the tree and he went and healed its wing, and and he did this and he did that. That's all a bunch of. (laughs) Let's let's prove this. Look, look in John 1. Anybody getting something this morning? John chapter 1, verse 32. And this is John the baptizer. He bared record saying, I saw. What did you see, John? I saw the Spirit, that would be the Holy Spirit, descending from heaven like a dove, and it, the Holy Spirit, he's not an it, it's a him, And he abode upon Jesus. That's when he became anointed of the Holy Spirit. He goes on to say, "I, I didn't know him, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me. So he had God told him that when you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him. When you see the Holy Spirit descending and remaining on him, the saint is he which baptized with the Holy Ghost. And I saw. He just told us what he saw in verse 32. He saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and abode took up a habitation upon him. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. Now, at this point in time, Jesus is now empowered by whom? God, by having the Holy Spirit sent from God to Jesus to abide upon him. Amen. All right? So now he's what? He's empowered with the Holy Ghost and with power, and now God can use him as an instrument on earth to do his will, which is miracles. Amen? And so, I want you to, you're in John 1, turn to John 2. Bring that back to me, please. John 2, 1. Now, it begins in the King James, oh, actually, yeah, it does in the King James. Notice it says, on the third day. Well, what's that mean? This is the third day since he was baptized with the Holy Ghost. The first two days, he brought people into his inner circle and called people to to be with him. But on the third day, there was a wedding. And it took place in Cana of Galilee. And Jesus' mother was there. Who's Jesus' mother? Mary. Mary. And Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding as well. So his newborn staff is coming too. When the wine ran out, Jesus' mother told him they don't have any wine. And like any son, he says, so what? (laughs) No, he didn't say that. He said verse 4. What has this concern of yours do with me? Jesus asked, my hour has not yet come. Meaning that the Lord didn't tell him to do anything about this situation at that moment. Oh, wow. Mary, being a good mom and knowing who her, who, her, who her son was and his destiny, she says in verse 5 is the key to every miracle. Do whatever he tells you. His mother told the servant. Now, six stone water jars had been set there for Jewish purification. Each jar contained 20 to 30 gallons. Fill the jars with water, Jesus told them. So they filled them to the brim. Then he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the chief servant. And they did. Verse 9, when the chief servant tasted the water after it had become wine, he did not know where it came from, though the servants who drew the water knew. He called the groom and told him, Everyone sets out the fine wine first. Then, after people have drunk freely, they bring the ripple or the inferior. Ripple wine was a real cheap wine when I was growing up as a teenager. could buy a case of it for under $5. It was rock gut and it was horrible. Please don't buy any of that. Ever. Ever. But look at this. This this dignitary says, you have kept the fine wine until now. Now why is this testimony significant? Verse 11. Jesus performed this first sign in the King James are you you with me in verse 11 this beginning of miracles the Christian standard Bible says this is the first sign or the first miracle in Cana he displayed his glory and his disciples believed in him so three days After he was baptized with the Holy Ghost and with power, he did his very first miracle. Why? Because he couldn't do it before. Because he was a a mere man. Now he's a mere man anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. Amen? Now, I'm just about done. (laughs) So hang in there with me, please. Hang in there. I want to look at one other reference that will help us to see that Jesus was totally dependent upon what God gave him to use to work his ministry. So after Jesus raised Jairus's daughter from the dead, he went to his hometown of Nazareth. Go on, go on over to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. Let's look at from the top, verse 1. So he went from thence, from the home of Jairus, where he raised his daughter from the dead, and he came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. So he's coming to Nazareth. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to do what? Teach. Remember, that's the number one work that Jesus did in his ministry was to teach. He began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence has this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? That's not true. God wrought those works through his hands. Not by his hands, through his hands. See the difference? Is not this the carpenter? The, the son of Mary, the, the brother of James and Joseph and Judah and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? This is why I never go to my high school reunion. Because to them, I'll always be that, you know, silly kid in high school. And that guy's dead. I'm a new creature in Christ. So why go home and revisit all that? Doesn't make sense. Jesus makes this statement in verse 4. A prophet is not without honor. But in his own country, and that is a different story, among his own kin and in his own house. Now look at verse 5. You ready? It was there in Nazareth, he could there do no mighty work. Notice it didn't say he wouldn't, it said he couldn't wait a second, these people that say that Jesus did his works by God, what difference does it make what, what they were doing? If he's God, he can just do whatever he wants, whatever he wants, to whomever he wants. But apparently that's not the case in this instance. It didn't say he wouldn't, it said he couldn't. Except he laid his hands on a f- few sick folk. Another translation, he says those that had minor ailments. Cold, flu. But he certainly didn't heal the leper there. He didn't raise the dead there. He didn't uh, heal the blind, the dumb, the deaf, the lame. Well, why was he neutralized? It says in verse 6 he marveled because of their unbelief. Now remember, what was the first thing that Jesus did in town? He taught. Mm -hmm. So they had the potential to have faith for miracles. But they had a hardened heart and wouldn't believe. They didn't doubt. They chose to not believe. And that tied the hands of Jesus because the anointing has to flow to a recipient that believes. Hallelujah. He marveled because of their unbelief, was the cure for unbelief. Jesus then went around the villages around Nazareth teaching. Yes. Jesus couldn't work miracles, even though he wanted to unbelief short circuited the anointing now I'd, I'd like to say something and I want you to take it with a grain of salt okay because it's technically hearsay but to me is another smoking gun if you choose to believe it. As you know, I came up under the ministry of Kenneth E. Hagin, and he was first and foremost a prophet. And he had eight visitations of Jesus. Three of the eight, Jesus sat down and talked to him for an hour and a half each time. And he began to teach him he taught him things like the authority of the believer. He taught him about uh, all sorts of different subject matters, how to be led by the Spirit of God. He taught him about demonology. He, he taught all different things, just like uh, the Apostle Paul was taught through visions about the new covenant that we're in. That's where we you know, use mostly his visitation from Jesus uh, about communion. Well, in one of these visions, Jesus uh, began to discuss what happened in his own hometown. And he talked about how he could not do any miracle in that town. And then he said something to Brother Hagin. He said, if I ever wanted to prove to people during my earthly ministry that I was God then in my hometown I would have had them gather up all the blind all the deaf, all the dumb all the lame all those with with diseases and sicknesses and then I would have them get all the doctors in the area those that know about people being sick and how they're healed document that they were all had what They say they had. Yep, this guy's blind. Yes, this guy can't hear. Yeah, this guy can't speak. We documented all that. He says, if I ever wanted to prove that I was God, I would have just healed every one of them in front of those who didn't believe. And had the doctors there document every case. Yeah, this person was blind. Now they're seeing. But then he stopped and said, but I couldn't. Because I was solely dependent upon the anointing to flow through me to do miracles. And in that instance, with their unbelief, God wouldn't commission that to be done through me. And so I had to walk away. You see, Jesus couldn't do whatever he wanted to do. Remember that time... That he went in to uh, this. Um, there was this pool of Bethesda, and it was right next to a, a sheep market, ooh, and and an angel would come down and stir the water, and the first person that went into the water was healed, and so God had, you know, will do signs and wonders. And he, he, Jesus came into this pool market and it says there was multiple parches, porches or levels and so there was hundreds, maybe even a thousand of these guys waiting for the, the water to be stirred by chance they could get in there first and be healed and so Jesus walked up to this one guy out of a hundred maybe even hundreds of people waiting to be healed he walked up to one guy and he says will you be healed the guy goes, well, I don't have anyone to help me get to the water. When I see it stirred, I, 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 I can't get there and someone gets in there before me. And Jesus spoke to him and said, take up your mat and go. Go to the priests and offer them for your healing an offering. Why well, was one out of hundreds healed and received a miracle? Because that's the only one God commissioned Jesus to heal. Because God was doing the works through him. Jesus wasn't picking and choosing. And, And the woman with the issue of blood proved that. So, Jesus did the works of God on earth because he was anointed by God. And it was up to God when that anointing would flow unless someone would come up and receive it by faith. See, miracles are as God wills. Faith works as we will. Hallelujah. So how can you and I do the works of Jesus? Being anointed by God. I think maybe we should teach on this in the future. Because every one of us, it's the will of God for every one of us to carry his anointing to help those around us. It is not just left to the boys behind the podium, as some would think. No, he said that the believer will do the works. What would happen to this town, to this state, to this nation, to this world, If every believer would believe that God is willing to use them and to have anointing and miracle working power flow through them to others, and they learned how to tap into it and began utilizing it. And that's what the end days are going to look like. It's not going to be big-time ministers behind the pulpit. It's going to be you and I, the mere believer, figured out how to let anointing flow from them to others and start doing miracles as the Lord wills. And so you just don't have one guy. You have hundreds. And that's what it's going to take to bring in this last-day harvest. Amen. Father in heaven, we're so thankful for the word of God and the truth that it causes us to see and to embrace. Help us, Lord, to to believe that we can do the works of Jesus. Help us to see it doesn't have to be someone that has 30 years of teaching in a, a theological college They don't have to be this. They don't have to be that. No, they just have to be a a believer that you have anointed. Lord, get us hungry for the anointing. Get us hungry to be someone that you can flow through at the grocery store. Flow through at Thanksgiving dinner. Flow through on the streets to display your power and your glory, just like Jesus did. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.